0: I think inherently, as you grow organizations, and probably we can take this really to a philosophical level. As you grow organisms in in the, our universe, like the physics of it changes, right? There's there's like if you look at heart rates in mammals, they get slower as you get bigger, right? There's there's like geometry mathematics that predicts system function in a mouse versus an elephant, and. The same thing happens with companies, right? We're organisms. We're huge, incredibly complex things with thousands and thousands of minds trying to collaboratively do projects. Hey, everybody. It's the Data Driven Marketer. I'm Adam.
1: I'm Brian. And I'm Mark. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And thanks to our third host for actually showing up in the, for the first time Woo-hoo. in a little while. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Jones. <laughs> We got him. No, but sincerely, you're the CTO of a company. You had more important things to do for a period there. So we're figuring it out, <laughs> we're figuring it out. But had to bring you back for what what uh, what I called on the calendar invite the state of the basement. But I didn't think about it past that. It was just a clever messy thing. And to call That's <laughs> That's messy like. and bring
0: full of basements. toys. think of basements.
1: too many cables. <laughs> but no, let's let's just I guess start with. You were the CTO of NetWise. Uh, we were acquired by Dun & Bradstreet. That's the whole mood.
0: Like, what, what have you been doing? <laughs> That's the mood. <laughs> I've been uh, figuring out what new normal is. Uh, the, like you said, our, our business, NetWise, where we started this podcast, was acquired six, seven months ago now, simultaneously with another company called IOTA. Those two companies were merged. Day one, they started merging. Uh, tech and product teams, so the teams I ran were merged, and I, uh, I run tech across the whole org now. And then, as time has gone on, there, uh, we have consumed more teams from within Dunn and Bradstreet. So it's essentially we're managing now. We're all working in an environment that's three companies merging together, different pieces of three companies, and so it's just there's tons of logistics right now. So, I've been simultaneously trying to come come up to speed with all the new technology that. Uh, I'm I'm working on and, and helping to manage and build and guide and the strategies and structures and finances of two other companies. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of chaos. I'm, I'm happy and and I think it's fair <laughs> to say no one would would deny that. Um, but a lot of a lot of opportunity for just total creativity right now. Um, which when I get past some of the chaos that day to day stresses me out big time. Um, it's it's. It's a whole different concept for me. It kind of feels like a startup in the sense that like we can do whatever we want to make things work and become one unit, but it also has this scale that you don't have at the beginning of a startup so it's 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 interesting uh It's, it's really fun in, in in a lot of ways uh, and and really stressful in other ways. so I'm not going to hold back here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like we
1: we were talking before you started recording about like what your org chart looks like now, and it's just like. Hey, here's 40 extra people. My version of this has been yeah. way scaled down in terms of the department I was in charge of. <laughs> uh, and you're just like, I got 40 people across time zones now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a global mismatch yeah. of structures.
2: Uh, so. Do you have to Chaos. sleep in like 15-minute increments <laughs> so you can
0: make all your calls internationally? I have totally upended my schedule and how I'm managing meetings like three or four times now um, to try to figure out how to work with so many different people in different time zones and um it's ongoing it's an ongoing issue and it, that's a really interesting one and one i'm i'm from like a professional development sense i'm really happy to be tackling that as stressful as it is because i see it everywhere now like everyone i'm talking to like my peers outside of work uh who have similar jobs and and work in tech everyone is doing this uh, DMB has done this. The whole company is is global. I'm never on a call that doesn't have someone in another time zone and I don't think people give it enough appreciation. It's really hard to collaborate effectively with people uh, on the other side of the world, but it's also beautiful, right it, it's it's engaging all these other cultures and all these other countries it's it's anyway i'll hold we can chase. Well, that it, is a well whole like, podcast episode. but I, I mean, yeah, I have so. this idea of you,
2: like a you know that Black Mirror episode with the the Uber man. You know the guy who sleeps in like like an hour and then he just <laughs> he just exercises, never eats. I have God, that. I that's that's my perception of, of you.
0: <laughs> of you like, I'm not sleeping right? or eating and not exercising. So
2: <laughs> it's it's all coding, all sprints, all the, the time. Right. <laughs> that's great.
1: So. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of strings to pull there that are super interesting <laughs> because the thing that, like it was a really interesting thing for me. I'll say personally to have before NetWise, I was like down the rabbit hole doing weird crypto things. All of that is global and all of it is is decentralized and asynchronous. And like there's an in in there's an in-person component, but it's sort of inherently minimized in part because of decentralization. Uh, and so what this looks like to me is the pandemic accelerating the fact that we need to figure out ways to do this that aren't just regular stand-up meetings face-to-face. Oh, Those have to happen for sure. But also, I can tell you from the other side of the fence where they are effectively building the future of the internet <laughs> without a bunch of rules that we follow. Yeah. <laughs> In corporate America, at least. Uh, it gets weird. But so, so anyway... The way it ties back to marketing, though, is like that's what enables the multi-channel approach that we talk about, and that if we're if we're honest here, we sell it net wise, like. But the reason that that's relevant is just the gap for me to mark in. You know, I'm in, I'm on the East Coast; he's on the West Coast. Like that's enough to substantially disrupt communication and coordination, and ultimately happiness. For your team, if you don't change some stuff from the model that you used to follow in the office,
2: big
0: time. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it, so it, magnify I that by s- uh, 24 different time zones, or maybe there's more than right. that. I don't know. I've never actually <laughs> seen how they break down. Maybe there's fewer. You,
2: <laughs> you've got to self regulate how you, you know, I've had to build in, uh, you know, you, you have to build in rest time, free time. Cause I mean, like with the, you know, if you've got people, you're responding to people from London, you can easily, you know, let a, let a Slack message that you receive over dinner. Consume your entire evening, you know. So you have to build in those times where it's it's like, yes, I know there are people uh, notifying Uh me, emailing me, but I need to set up a window of time where I'm optimized, you know, based on (laughs) whatever uh, sleep schedule you've established, you know, um, to be that full version of yourself. Absolutely,
0: I I agree. It's so easy to slip into that in the evening, and uh, I do a lot of work, Slack, and email checking in the evenings, and uh, it's silly. It doesn't, no one needs me to be doing that. Well, so I'm curious though if it's, if it's, uh, do you
1: see quicker adoption of sort of like open source methodology for maintaining this stuff out of the developer community? Because it's certainly where that like ethos arose from to begin with.
0: Yeah. You know, tools. It, you mean internally right now within our teams? Yeah. Like, like is the utopian state of an engineering
1: team, a decentralized engineering team, actually (laughs) just a crypto decentralized engineering team. They're on GitHub. Everything's GitHub comments. It's, you know, commits. Maybe,
0: maybe if you start the company and grow it from one person to 75 people or whatever, not if you take three different companies and merge them. (laughs) That's that's (laughs) fair. Just like I said earlier, (laughs) it's just a lot of chaos. So um, I think there's, there's a, Ton of interest in engaging and discussing these problems, and everyone has what I'm seeing is that everybody has their own perspective on issues that they're facing. And my job has been to identify what are the root causes that tie all those problems and perspectives together, and how do we address them? Uh, and it's slow and steady <laughs> is kind of how you address them at the moment. I, I'm we've got a lot of different initiatives. That we're trying, and I use terms like initiatives and communication strategies and uh, organizational structures and tactical versus strategic. And um, I'm really, I'm really wearing the suit well. I think these days, but <laughs> um, we've, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've, I've introduced ideas that, like, the next day, I'm like, shit, that was really stupid. I shouldn't have said that to everyone or told everyone <laughs> I was going to do that because I'm definitely not doing that now. Um, and we've, and we've like structured some teams where we're. We're looking at right now, we're like, shoot, everything we thought we were doing with that team is not what we should be doing. Let's, let's rethink that. So, flexibility and, and agileness and like patience with each other. So, this, this is where it kind of feels like startup again to me, right? It's, it's the structure of, of a, a larger company, right? We're 120, 100 to 150 people, depending on how you look at what our new org is. And we're within a big public company, but there's all this opportunity right now. Um, in this transition to just get nutty with it.
1: So one of the things you and I have talked about a bunch that this 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 trends more toward the direction of communications, but I, you know, the argument for marketing is that it informs authentic marketing comms as well. Mm-hmm. So at the scale that you're seeing in terms of your like internal comms day to day now, how effective is transparency? Just saying, like, look, we wrote the whole plan down. <laughs> the plan is here. Anyone can look at it anytime they want. Everyone, please read it. I'm talking all 200 people. Yeah, on your team. That would read be, this. <laughs> like, we'll I have a pizza party. Everyone will read this. Yeah, because that's the kind of stuff that happens in crypto. People say like, we laid out a manifesto, and then everyone checks it out. I don't. I I feel like totally. I'm constantly writing briefs that I don't think anyone looks at. I think that's I don't know how to fix that.
0: <laughs> I think that's a glorious <laughs> ideal and exactly what I want to head towards. Yeah, there are too many like established processes right now. To be like, let me yank all of everyone else's foundational norms away and say this is the truth set. And at, at the scale that I'm in, at least right now, I can't even—I don't even know what people's day-to-day norms are. Like, there's still a whole bunch of people I've never spoken to, which is right. nags at me um, <laughs> that I haven't like taken an hour to get to know every single person on my teams now. But there's so many things going on, so the—I uh, think that's—I personally love those philosophies. I think if we're going to really run a global tech and product organization that is efficient and functional across all these time zones, across the complexity of our business and very relevant because our business is global, right? We sell extremely explicitly into regions all over the world, like almost every country in the world. We're affecting how sales and marketing is working. But if we're going to run that, it's got to be run differently than like how a traditional old school business that's 200 years old Adapted itself to work in a global environment, right? Just,
1: Here we there's, go.
0: There's new ways to do <laughs> stuff. <for> so, sure. <laughs> I don't know
1: if you meant to do this, but you caught up to the next post. It. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about D and B a little bit. Like, like yeah. we haven't on the podcast yet, but like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy thing getting eaten by a 180 year old company. Yep. You know, yeah. like their bio says things like Abraham. Four U.S. presidents worked <laughs> as D and B, like assessors.
0: Yeah. I mean, Dunn and Bradstreet, I believe if you count all the subsidiaries, uh, rough, rough it, it's like a 10,000 person company. Uh, it's global. It's buying companies all the time. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of experience inside big public companies. I started my career in one, but at an entry level position. So uh, I see a lot more here. They're historically more of a risk.
1: I mean, now it's 50 50. I mean, it's close to half and yeah. half in terms of their business units. Yep. But like a lot of their business is
0: in like, like credit score. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln side, was going door things. to door, right? To talk to businesses, right. to and, assess and the reputation out, yes, of businesses exactly. and
1: say, yeah, we'll lend them money. <laughs> uh, we here's here's, you know, here's the mm-hmm. here's how risky we think it would be to lend them money. Yeah, that's talk about a forward-looking thing. You know what they're (laughs) going to need is a reputation system.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, right. And imagine being the the foundational company that established business to business credit risk in the eighteen hundreds. Like extraordinarily progressive, right? That's 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 brilliant forward thinking. So um, a lot of great roots at this company. Data driven, and uh, before there were technologies to think of data at at like a holistic, massive, aggregate, global scale. Right? We had uh, Abraham Lincoln gathering data. Uh, to then resell, right? This is this stuff's not new. <laughs> Who better to assess your uh,
2: your reliability than Honest Abe, right? <laughs> this
0: stuff's not new <laughs> exactly. at all. I wonder if he had his axe with him. Wait, did he? Yeah. Was he an axe person? Oh yeah, he was that's a Washington.
1: Splitter. Okay, that's not a surprise that that's a road that would get you to president. Yeah, you oh, know, absolutely. like you'd end up Washington. you'd end up being a trustworthy person around town if you were the assessor and you were good at your job. Yep. Or yep. Whatever. I th- there's a term for what they were. They, the assessor is not the right word auditor doesn't matter for the side of the business where we are though right, uh, right. Uh, which is which is the marketing
0: data side sales and marketing solutions sales and marketing S&MS.
1: solutions snms snms
0: that's gotten easier to say which is was S- not S- a good snms yeah.
1: S- N- M- mm-hmm.
2: oh and you know, don't say sms like i mean i was i was yep. chided i was very I much chided uh in austin at the forrester summit when i said uh we're on the sms team and they made very sure to to put that ampersand in there They're like mark mm,
0: I S- made that suggestion MS. live in a meeting that we just called yeah. SMS. <laughs> kind of nope. <laughs> it's very hard to say. Wasn't sure where uh, Anderson went for a while. Are we SM and S? SNMS? So that actually,
1: that, that conversation maybe gets to an interesting part of this, which is, you know, the, the reality of, of being consumed by a bigger company, I think most people can imagine it in a world where Shark Tank is on TV. <laughs> like, getting acquired is one of the two, when they say someone has had an exit from a company, that either means you went public or you sold it to somebody else.
2: Both great outcomes.
1: And almost always sold it to someone else. No. <laughs> so, and most of the time, yes, yeah. they've sold it to someone else. So that part of it is just a constant thing that's happening. It's how a big company grows. Yep. At the same time, it's a, it's a, it's a tension that we all live inside of right now. Because what you were just talking about has been decided by a committee of people a team that was like, we got to say the end because that's part of how we communicate effectively. But we all have to... So like on some level, I get it. It's refined communication. On another, we're coming from a startup where it's just like, can we just make this change to culture to be more efficient? Mm-hmm. And four people go, sure. And then it's right. in place. And, oh, now- And the problem for a big company is like, well, they can't stop being a 180-year-old company. So all of that process is still in place. So, like, you know, unless you go through kind of what the company has gone through, which is a private equity takeover. And like, let's be honest, what do they do in the time when they're private? They hollow some stuff out, and they try to clean up some other things, and then they go public yeah. again. You know, and so, so I completely get the process, but I also get the thing that you're bumping yeah. into, which is like, you're not supposed to say DNB, it turns out. You're supposed to use the ampersand any time that you're typing D ampersand B, or any
0: time you're writing. Any, oh, yeah. any you're, you're writing the word to and,
2: the mother. Even I mean, though the email address
0: obvious. is DNB. DNB. that that took me a while because to you can't out. use an
2: ampersand in an email. I
0: couldn't log into my DNB account for a long time because I kept putting in the ampersand. I didn't read the email carefully enough to see there was an N in the domain. That amp- <laughs> the ampersand branding choice is a is a meta is a. SEO meta tag sure. nightmare. doesn't work most places, right? It is a special <laughs> character. I bet that you It doesn't anything, work. You engineering was not involved code. in that branding decision. No. <laughs> nope. Anyway.
2: I would be curious to know what the, the discussions around like the, the email extension... Did someone had to be saying, no, we need to spell it all out? dunandbradstree like dot com. Totally. Look,
1: again, that's... that's it, it doesn't... We talk about it like snarky assholes <laughs> in that moment. But it's just, it, it it there's a, it speaks to the digital marketing side of stuff. A thing that I learned really early through catastrophic failure of one of the things I was building was that you can't put certain things into a, a blog post title. Uh, it, it breaks yeah. parts of the current internet. Yeah. Um, it's, more or less fixed. But again, like, I don't expect that perspective to have been involved in that conversation regarding yeah, and, the branding thing. It's and you got to think about the momentum. How the world now, is right, right now. To change, <laughs> yet. To change
0: a domain yeah. name that all email works on for, for Dun & Bradstreet, you're talking years of effort probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that'll never <laughs> yeah. happen.
0: The, the ampersand. Yeah, Seems no. simple.
2: But but it's one of those things that sends you this false signal that makes you think um, you have a sense of security. I can, I can type DNB. It's no big deal. But you know when you're a public company of this stature and reputation, they take, you know, those nomenclatures super seriously.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: And one thing, one thing that popped out to me, I wanted to kind of dial back, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, a, a sense of chaos and one thing you mentioned finance. So like one thing that we hit with, with marketing, you know, in, in being absorbed into a, a larger multinational public company is that you know there are there are processes that we're completely unfamiliar with as you know the talent brought over from a startup um, you'd mentioned you know it's like four people to approve an expense right or a vendor platform now has to go through like 40 people yeah. you know and you know that's just that's just the way of the world that's the way it is at lots of big companies for us it's a bit of a you know it's kind of a speed bump in our in our marketing programs because rather than run a credit card. Now we're running invoicing, you know, through through an accounts payable department that has uh, a set of requisition requirements and, you know, business case needs, all of which we we have at the ready, but it's kind of the sense of speeding to market. And I wonder how many people, you know, of our listeners, uh, you know, if you've been acquired, if you're in a department having to go through the same thing, kind of having to check your ego and go, look, I know everybody's on the same team, on team <laughs> one dream. It's just, I've never had to do this many, you know, <laughs> <laughs> write yeah. this many uh, requisitions or, or justifications for the money we want to spend, you know, the ads we want to run. Um, so that's you know, that's that's something I was like, wow, this is. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of process. <laughs> this is a lot of process. Try to
1: think of it as there's security in the in the fact that someone else is going to check your thinking mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. yeah on any matter. There's a positive way to look
0: at everything, um, for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but also. <laughs> It for sure is, is a, it's a thing, right? Like I, I don't think, I mean, we were just talking about this from the beginning.
0: I think inherently as you grow organizations and probably we can take this really to a philosophical level, as you grow organisms in, in the, our universe, like the physics of it changes, right? There's, there's like, if you look at heart rates in mammals, they get slower as you get bigger, right? There's, there's like geometry mathematics that predicts system function in a mouse versus an elephant and the same thing happens with companies right we're organisms we're huge incredibly complex things with thousands and thousands of minds trying to collaboratively do projects and uh one of the things that comes from this experience with me and this is a, this is kind of at the root of a lot of this stuff is i'm so anxious all the time and i was this anxious before uh at a small startup and I did it there because I could do things so quickly. I was like, let's get 25 purchases approved today and hire four people and totally change our website and like change our branding. I don't need any approval. And here it's harder to do that, reasonably so, in a lot of senses. And I should calm the hell down and take advantage of the fact that I can act at a slower pace uh, and maybe take a little more time on things. And that's not really true in some ways, right? We have promises we made to this company when they bought us and, and like real reputations on the line and people's bonuses yeah. on the line to hit metrics. And that's where we get a lot of this frustration. But like, as we go into next year, we can, we can reassess how we live in a professional environment and take advantage of some of the perks of like, if someone needs a purchase, it's okay for it to take a couple of weeks. Like, I can relax about that. <laughs> I don't need to bug finance every day for... 12 days to get something approved. Like, calm down, man. So,
2: Yeah, a bit of engineering right there. A little
0: there bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the anxiety piece. The, the repetitive thought that I end up locked in around that, I think. It's almost like a trigger thing where I'm just sort of like, I feel anxious. What's the problem here? And then I have a mantra that sort of calms it down, which is largely just like, it's a different game. And it's, it's more like a community problem. Than it is like a technology problem in a lot of these cases because you literally are coordinating humans, and so it's gonna move closer. Like, what are what are the biggest versions of that you can imagine? They're governments, right? So like, if you go back and recalibrate around expecting that things will probably take about as long as they take inside of a government at ten thousand people, like we have more people than some towns that have a city hall and make laws and
2: stuff dude just think about (laughs) the dmv you go go to renew your your uh driver's license or your registration you get a piece of paper the first day you don't actually get the registration or the driver's license they they have to mail that to you you Mm -hmm. know what i mean they print out a little uh you know inkjet card (laughs) for you uh, temporary whatever you know and uh and then the real thing comes like three weeks later you know it's uh there's built-in latency that I think coming from a startup, we, were, we are initially jarred by a lot of
0: these processes. There's something about the, the conversation around this online and in culture and at startups and in the transition where it feeds like being upset and frustrated by the differences between a startup and a big company feed the same thing that culturally we have a big problem with where it's like, it's fun to complain about how fast I could do this thing at my startup. When really you're mostly being an idiot and a jerk <laughs> when you do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, right. um, Often succeeding in spite of
1: yourself, not because. Totally. Totally. Which, you know, we just sound old to the youngs right now, but like, <laughs> whatever. We're in the middle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think um, like the middle, right, right in the middle. <laughs> but it also hitches into the bigger things like capitalism. You know, like part of it is just there are public company compliance requirements. And, Mm-hmm. I, wait. you know,
2: as a lawyer, you have to certainly take that seriously. As a lawyer,
1: like, I appreciate yeah. that those are there for real reasons to protect shareholders from, you know, from, from malfeasance. Right. Like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the idea that that slows the world down. And then, if you want to go back to the philosophical thing you were talking about, like, sometimes you got to regulate heart rate if the organism is a certain size for it to continue to survive. And one of the perks of being inside that is you can just chill. (laughs) (laughs) like,
2: Deep breathing, reduce heart rate.
1: But you're right. At the same time, what they're looking for is in the innovation that drives change inside of an org, right? And so I, I feel like it's probably if you track the life cycle of a company this old, like it probably goes in cycles. You get big and fat and happy and then you gotta lean down and then Pick up some people that want to shake up whatever's happening, like do stupid podcasts. <laughs> you know, it's 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 an interesting experience in that in that sense as well, right? Like you see how the like you said the scaling is almost biological when you when you're dealing mm-hmm. with a community. That's you amazing. know, if humans trying to get stuff done together. Um, I think some people is a lot. That's a tiny stadium. I think a place to to wrap up maybe then is like you mentioned earlier. I said, I, I, I ran you through the normal like, guest questionnaire and you said what you're excited mm-hmm. about is, is, is uh, getting the tech and product leadership together in person. Product. There's Do you want, you want of- to talk yeah. broadly about just that cycle inside of hybrid? It's an interesting topic of exploration for me, right? Because it, 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 it's part of the whole thing we just talked about. The happiness pie, the mm-hmm. coordination pie, all that kind of stuff. Like on some level, Def, at least for some level of strategy inside of the system like people kind of still have to get together in a room with a whiteboard or whatever and just kind of talk stuff out well what's your experience with that i haven't had any offsites so <laughs> i'm yeah, not really we're we're getting to that i think on our team but like you've had a bunch of leadership meetings cuz you're at a different level where it's like okay we all have to get in a room now
0: yeah i've had a few i'm calling them onsites which I think is an update to the, to the proper name because we're all coming from offsite. Right. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't caught on yet. Coin <laughs> it.
2: Coin it here. Coin it now.
0: Um, but I, I think On-site. getting. No, it needs to be something better. Like meme like it up. It can, can be more interesting. Galactic um, Feast. <laughs> Galactic like, Feast. That's good. <laughs> The, uh, <laughs> I, I have been to a handful of those, uh, at different levels and across different teams within the business, and they're great. It's we're people still like being together, right? We can, you can do stuff pretty functionally remotely now, um, right? NetWise only got together a handful of times, uh, as a company in its, in its 10 year history, and we were a very successful business. And, uh, it probably is more effective just for our own health and like all the, abstract aspects of running a business that make it successful that we get together in person more so than any like actual tactical or strategic thing you're going to get done in a room together like just being together is great like like there are relationships that i'm excited for people to uh evolve and to grow when we get together because these people work together all the time and like physically touching each other we can shake hands again (laughs) right in person uh, and that's a huge deal. Like what an amazing thing to be able to get to be in a room with all these people who otherwise I would absolutely never run into people who live on the other side of the planet. So there's like an excitement and an intrigue and an interest and this will build like the team building aspect. But like, I really, I really mean like this builds relationships. Even if we just got together and met for five minutes, it would be so, it would have such a dramatic impact on how everything else goes uh, And it's, after some it's a big so, vote of confidence too.
1: Yeah. So here's my follow up to that. Do you need to talk about work uh-huh. at the on sites?
0: No. Absolutely not. Should we just?
1: Should we just? Should it just be like you should? There's budget for your <laughs> team to do knolls for two weeks or something, and, or some equivalent experience yeah. that's just like do stuff that's not work together as team building Escape in person,
0: room. and then yeah, happy to share my, my go home. On that. <laughs> <laughs> My energy around saying yes right right away or agreeing that no, you you don't need to do work together. I believe that. However, I think the work provides the structure that's really needed to build right. the right relationships. Right. If you don't have the context of what you're all doing together when you go back to work, like just just going and doing a surf trip together or something, right, you'll get clicks and the wrong people will hang out and you'll build some friendships, which is also valuable. So there'd be great value there. But I think the structure of what the projects are is critical. So I'm actually actively putting together slides. Brief slides just to have notes, make sure I say some things I want to say to our teams next week when we're all together. And my number one goal is, is the non-work stuff. There's a ton of work stuff we want to do. And we put a ton of work into like organizing that and structuring it and putting together like teams that are responsible for presentations. But even if we just kind of loosely touched on topics and just casually discussed and there were no PowerPoints, I think that work sprinkling would give the structure that would build the relationships that then feed us later. So I'm not stressed about accomplishing goals. Like it's great if we get into deep whiteboarding and we're drawing architectural diagrams and digging into each other's software and stuff, but I don't care. I don't care if we do that. It's almost
2: like reinventing culture, right? Like being in a remote environment, you almost, you, you have to kind of reimagine what a workplace culture is, you know? Mm-hmm. It, you, don't, you don't get to grab somebody and go out to in and out for lunch, you yeah. know, and shoot the shit about you know yeah hey what are you passionate about what are you feeling what are you feeling frustrated with what do you you know what can i help with or you know totally even just agree. like what's going on in your life like let's talk about the lakers game you know things like things like that it feels you know with band bandwidth is so valuable to each of these remote participants you know i feel you almost feel like a pressure to to only focus on the work but i think those soft uh, the softer cultural um interactions i think are, are so essential you know to, to keeping a, a, a vibrant team. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That pressure is a good thing to pay attention to because it is easy to only have that pressure when you're remote. It's like, no, I'm working. I don't have a friend at work that I got to distract myself with sometimes during the day. Right. I'm like all business, um, which isn't quite healthy either. Um, but I think when we, when we look at like traditional business structures and, and in office work and people talk about culture and what they miss and what we need with the human contact, a lot of people lean on like friends at work and stuff. And that's nice, but I don't think that's actually mostly what's going on. Like, You might have a few mm-hmm. friends at work, but you're not going to be friends with 10,000 people and you're not going to be friends with all 25 people that are on your team or all 100 people that you work with day to day. So I don't think that's a huge part of what's going on. I think it really, it is the really subtle, it's like the, if I'm, one of the things I'm expecting coming away from uh, an onsite with, with this team, and it's about 20 people that we're getting together, is I think just there's something that will click in my brain that that says that's a this is a real person I was physically with them I experienced the presence of their body and they weren't just a thing I was watching on the internet right and I think that will all that in and of itself i think I expect to click for a lot of people and not in the conscious way it'll just be a presence like i was I was there with another creature uh, and they have thoughts and needs and personalities and they get upset if I say something crappy to them and they feel good when I compliment them right it's we'll experience that and that that's like what I want out of this mostly more than anything else, I think. Well, and so
1: I think that's, that's important for the in-person, in-person part.
0: Yeah. But place to wrap this
1: up on a podcast that is meant to be community-driven in the end, it's like, how do you virtualize to some extent some version of that? Yeah. Because that's a thing that I feel lacking. We, You and I have talked about this in terms of net-wise and how to try to figure it out. And I've not bumped into any solutions inside of D&B that make me feel like, oh, they have it cracked either. But like there's no there's no equivalent of a pub. There's no like in yeah. crypto decentralized Discord projects, they have a tavern and the people just hang out in the tavern and they shoot the shit. And that happens a little in Slack, but you can still still tell that yeah. people are sort of reserved on their, you know, their that that platform. We do we need more I mean, book clubs or like yeah, or I mean, you know, I mean I literally like I have, you know, I have post-its on my desk that say things like learning counts as work. And I try to do the lessons, but it's not the same as like attending a seminar with some people from work. And I'm not saying that you need to attend the seminar, but you could have a virtual version of that. It's a little more like, how do we account in our schedules for time? That's like, it's Thursday afternoon. We're just going to have happy hour. Anybody can show up that wants to show up. And then, you know, that becomes a, a cultural norm that's helpful. Thus far, my efforts to launch anything like that have fallen flat it says to me people don't care. <laughs> but I don't I don't know if that's because they need leadership to tell them it's okay.
2: Well, I mean or they're also sort of bought into their own, I think, routine and and sort of productivity flywheel of if I don't produce enough impressive things, enough impressive outcomes, enough in, enough responded emails, enough deliverables, then mm-hmm. then somehow I'm, you know, I'm letting the, the team down. Yeah. I think there's there's almost an enforced pressure to To kind to kind of yeah. not gas off a little bit, even as much so as so then that we're back to in, then we're back
1: to incentive scores, right? Like you know, we need to give out points for things other than just capitalism. Totally agree. Inside, I think of the we're, system. I think this is also one of those <laughs> issues
0: that's so big that it's it's multi generational, right? We're a we're we're one of the weird generations, one of probably. Four or five, depending on how you want to categorize that, that will live through both here, that will have had office jobs and feared them or loved them and had remote jobs and feared them or loved them. And this is not, we have, I have so much baggage from how I was brought up and how school worked and how classes worked and how jobs worked. And I can't erase that. I, I could spend the rest of my life and I'll still have those weights. And so this is such a big transition that I think some hybrid is. The real solution is hybrid is necessary still. You cannot reproduce those things without physically getting together yet. And to do it, like you said, Curb, we need real things. They need to be acted on as real business initiatives. They need to be led from the absolute top down. You kind of need to be forced into the pub, right? Mm-hmm. And just because we're in a squishy transition phase, right? Somebody decides to build a cafeteria
1: at some point in the life of a company. <laughs> it doesn't just evolve. Like someone has to go, you know what? If we fed people on site, X would be different. Right. Now Now sometimes that's about they wouldn't we would get more hours of productivity. But it's one of the other arguments though, and this is why you look at Facebook and Google and some of their levels of cultural success. Hmm. Like the next level way of thinking about the cafeteria is also then if we make the cafeteria dope, people (laughs) will be happier.
2: (laughs) Right. The happiness quotient goes up if you have a nap pod you know, and you're not going to be, you're not going to be penalized. You're not going to be fired because you took a 45 minute nap in, in between your, your coding, uh, assignments (laughs) right behind me, you know, that's, that's additive. That's not, um, you know, that's not detracting from your productivity. Yeah. Yeah, I found the same thing at, at Forrester at the, at the summit, you know, one of the great things I think D and B did was they sent us to the, to this booth and we were a presenting sponsor, you know, for Forrester, but we also had cornhole you know, inside yeah, that was a huge uh, hit. and it was a huge hit. And we thought and it was kind of innocuous. We were like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we'll set up the cornhole, we'll start playing some cornhole. And dude, how many leads, how many great conversations did our, our sales guys have just because there were people being goofy. And, you know, I started playing some some light ambient beats and we played cornhole and people <laughs> found it a fun place <laughs> to hang out. And it wasn't, you know, eventually we talked data, but, if, but at first it was just like what you said, it was recognizing humans uh, being together And having real human interactions, plain and simple.
1: I was listening to some podcast recently where some comedian was just saying, Look, man, I'll tell you, all you need to know in life is that being a good hang will get you everywhere you need
0: to go. Totally. (laughs) I agree. I agree with that. That's a great comment.
1: Yeah. Uh, But it applies to that for sure. (laughs) The event space. I've literally set
0: up couches at events before and they work. People have tired feet. And you're like, you got to have an a eject button sit? there though. You can't just have <laughs> the same person on the couch. You got to, you got to churn and get some, get some leads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, along with the remote aspect of business, so, something you said a minute ago, or along with the, we're in a squishy time period with the transition from like offices to remote. And how do we balance that? And how do we build the personality? We're also in a squishy time with what the priorities are for companies and businesses and what we want our world to look like. And, uh, it's absolutely unacceptable to me for the primary goal of a business to just be to make money. It's not acceptable. I appreciate that that is what keeps the business alive, right? That has to happen. That has to be a goal. Um, but it's absolutely unacceptable to not have people be an equal priority. And honestly, be, a, be a, more of a priority because the other things come from that right? If people are are happy and excited and enjoy their work and they have a dynamic atmosphere and they have the freedom to engage and and find their fulfillment, you'll hire better people. You'll retain people. They'll collaborate more effectively. They'll they'll work harder, right? I'll work 80 hours a week if I like it. I'm barely going to work what is required of me if I'm not having fun, right? These are obvious things, but that's a huge cultural shift too, right? I feel guilty and like I'm saying something against the rules uh, when I say those things. Um, and I don't mean within D, within my own being, right? Because that's how many times in business school was I talked about profits for shareholders? Like, come on.
1: Workforce happiness at some point matters. And then that's, you know, and that ties back right now for our generation. This is more evident than to like I feel this way more since having a child, to be sure. But it's like. Okay, there are real global problems here now, and if a company that I'm working for doesn't care about them because money i, I can't it's a waste of my time it's It's not the thing that's going to protect it's the planet deadly. for my children. It's literally deadly mm-hmm. if they don't believe that, I'll shout it to the top of the leadership chain <laughs> like yep. it's not uh, this is, we have a real problem here in terms of the melting of the planet and the state of yeah,
0: it yeah, I think in in terms of where we are now i've I've met hundreds of people within Dunn and Bradstreet and I really like everyone I've worked with and and I really mean everyone like you know you have different relationships with different people and different engagements with them but tons of really smart interesting ambitious creative people and a consistent theme across everyone is everybody is hungry for innovation and eager to look at great ways we can change and adapt and Especially at a leadership level, right? And you you mentioned earlier, Adam, about how D&B was taken private a few years ago and then and then taken public again. And you do that to shift things. And there's a lot of new leadership across the whole company. And there's a lot of initiatives to revolutionize the business, right? And, and move it forward in a, in a big, aggressive way. And we're experiencing some of that, right? Because we are going through a triple merger while the whole company is being reimagined too. Like, it's just, there's some of the stuff we <laughs> encounter day to day that's frustrating <laughs> is just bad timing. <laughs> so... Um, For sure,
2: And it's also, I mean, there's also so many, you know, there's a whole suite of products, you know, that I feel like it's easy to feel when you have a great platform or product or a SaaS product, a DAS product, like we were marketing as NetWise, the startup. It's easy to feel like, okay, this big company's coming in and buying us and all they want is the tech, you know? But D&B came in and, and specifically said, we love what you're doing on the engineering side. We love what you're doing on the marketing side. We want all your talent. We want your, mm-hmm. you know, we want the ideas, we want your energy, we want your motivation, we want your collaborative know-how, mm-hmm. you know, your comms know-how, like all of that rolled into what they already know is a challenge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the things, when we talk about chaos, it's like, that's, that's something that's It has to be. There's stand, not a non-chaotic
1: way to coordinate this many people. Big time. Right. Yeah. Right. It's just and, not, I mean, and that's from a lifetime of experience coordinating people, large, like groups of people.
0: Trying yes, to get 10 year olds,
1: not to do a thing is not. We dissimilar don't employ ten year olds here.
0: Just to be clear, 30, <laughs> 30, <laughs> thirty. No, I'm
1: talking about my coaching experience. Uh, it's not dissimilar from getting thirty people of any age to do something. Absolutely. In its in its in this in the extent to which it just is going to feel like yep. a little bit of
2: chaos and a lot of it's too like processes you're used to. It's just like I'm I'm in a habit, not necessarily a bad habit. It's just it's just a habit way of doing stuff that you have to fix or change
1: anyway feels like a good place to actually wrap it up this time
2: thanks for, for dropping in
1: Brian yeah yeah and thanks to everybody for listening uh, stick around for more uh, more Brian we're Woo. we're working him into the we're working him into schedule more now the things are slowing down a little back in
0: the fold this has been the Data Driven Marketer I'm Adam I'm Brian and I'm Mark Take it easy, everybody.
2: Thanks for listening to The Data-Driven Marketer. Our show is produced by Jessica Jacobson and Dan Salsius. This episode was edited by Steve Kosh. The Data-Driven Marketer is sponsored by NetWise, a Dun & Bradstreet company. Any views or opinions expressed in this episode do not represent the views or opinions of NetWise or Dun & Bradstreet.